Jonathan Edwards once wrote, Sometimes only mentioning a single word caused my heart to burn within me, or only seeing the name of Christ or the name of some attribute of God. Join Adam Howell, Ryan Hanley, and Caleb Niedermeyer as they discuss living out deeply as in affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness podcast. Welcome back to Oaks of Righteousness podcast. I am your host, Caleb Niedemeyer, joined by Adam and Ryan again. Uh, Hello again. Have, Hello again. Technical difficulties uh, figured out. So we're going to have to This reminds repeat. me of the days back when you would type out a ridiculously long email to someone and then go to send it and it wouldn't send. And you're like, oh. And then yes. so you go back to, to retype it and it was one-tenth the original length. Basically, we had the best podcast intro ever. And now we're just going to have to recreate that. So It actually uh, was pretty good. It was. It was genuine. It was authentic. It was great radio. Because we were talking about Daddy Bean's coffee and how we've been enjoying it. And how we, we past tense enjoyed it and present tense are enjoying it. And then we got to make fun of Adam. So let's let's do all those things again. Uh, so Daddy yeah, Beans, certainly keep certainly include the making fun of me in this second round. That would be great. <laughs> the Daddy Beans Coffee uh, from Ryan Wilder has has been excellent. Um, Indeed. Ryan has a video that we'll post up uh, of him grinding and and enjoying that as well. So. Um, and you need to watch it. It's it's, it's good television. It's, it's funny. <laughs> it's really good. And then. Um, Adam enjoyed the grounds from yeah. Ryan. and Is was adamantly ridiculed <laughs> for this. So we're totally describing what we did, which is the equivalent of telling a story to someone and being like, you had to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, man, I love it. Yes, we, we have enjoyed Daddy Bean's coffee because it was good, and we've already consumed everything that was sent to us. Mm-hmm. So uh, I shall so, now go and order more. So, I so do go that. Online. I can do that live while you guys continue Ooh. to talk. Yeah, go online, daddybeans.com. If you open up too Ro- many programs, your computer's going to die. <laughs> that is Don't true. do it. We can't we can't do this again. Um but we do appreciate Ryan and his um his work out there in Virginia Beach um with Daddy Beans and uh so thank you to him for the the coffee and uh his work. So go go support a, a local business um where uh during this time and and like adam you said last time we uh there's like little dates on it and stuff like that it's super fresh and gets it out right away so really appreciate that all right so we are going to talk about biblical languages and learning um hebrew greek um and understanding in scriptures and, and things like that and and i had begun to tell you the story that i went to bible college and picked a program that I didn't have to learn Hebrew because oh, I was intimidated. Okay. I was intimidated. So that I don't know that it fully came out that that was the question. We we need that in is this. True. So the question that I asked was apparently offensive to Ryan because he was he was it was so so precise. But it wasn't offensive. I just it sounded like you're speaking of specific examples. Oh, like all the ones that we see regularly at a. I choose in this higher program education. so that I don't have to take Hebrew. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, so my, my question for Caleb was, because what did you say, Caleb? You didn't take, you you dodged Hebrew in yeah. Bible college, and my question yeah. was, did you dodge it because you just didn't have to take it, or did you intentionally choose a program that 
you didn't have to take it. And there's your answer. He intentionally chose a program. Yeah, no. Um, I know I didn't take biblical languages. Um, what I didn't take um, like the course biblical languages and exposition because of Hebrew. Um, I chose evangelism, but oh. I, I had I had to take Greek. So, uh, <laughs> so while we were sticking our nose in the biblical languages, Caleb was telling people about Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. But but I was intimidated by Hebrew. Was and... your evangelism effective since you didn't know Hebrew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably man. not. It doesn't work that way. So. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be encouraging on this uh, episode instead of cynical about all of the people that dodge Hebrew. I hadn't hadn't read enough of Piper yet, where it was. Uh, well, he didn't take any of the practical classes. He just he just learned how to exposit the Bible or something like that. There you go. Um, but I want you guys to talk from your perspective. Um, you guys are are Hebrew scholars. Um. One of us is anyway. <laughs> what what do you, what would you consider Adam? That's exactly what I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to think of how to say it that way, but I'm just I, I'm just looking at coffee beans right now. So <laughs> you guys go scholar yourselves away over there and I'll figure out what tastes good. I don't, I don't know what question who wants to jump in on that just as as far as what what, what are the was benefit? the question? Talk the, about languages. Yeah, well, like, what are the, yes. That's a statement. What are, the, what are the benefits that you guys have seen in your own lives, um, having studied Hebrew for years, um, in studying scripture, from, if you can remember a time when you didn't know Hebrew? Yeah, mm-hmm. Adam, Adam will probably have a lot better examples of this, having written a book, Hebrew for Life. Ding! Mm. Um, this is where the little uh, link pops up. That's right. In um, audio. That's right. Somebody needs to find a way to do that if they haven't already. I just heard a link go by. You just I speak sh- into the the microphone. Yes, go to link, and it takes you there. Um, I, I'll just say like what what I noticed the most, and it's mostly because it's kind of the crawl stage of of any kind of reading or language acquisition is that it's not it's not my first language, and so it forces me to slow way down. And I think for biblical interpretation and meditation, that just enables you more time to soak in it when you spend five minutes on a word trying to figure out figure out what it means. And it's like, aha, you know, so uh, I as an anecdote, I was translating through Genesis two one time. And it was just so slow and laborious and great and wonderful and all those things. But by the time you finally get to Adam saying, you know, like, alas, this, this, she shall be called woman. This, you know, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Like his exclamation was, was noteworthy to me. It was just like, ha, yes, absolutely. Alas, you know, here we go. Finally took me 400 years to finally get to the creation of woman here, you know? So. Um, Adam, Adam will have more helpful things to say. <clears throat> Before we get to that, Ryan, I wanted to lean in a little bit on, on something because what what you're saying was the benefit of of slowing down is going to be a reason why people won't do it yeah. because it's slow. Yeah. So so lean into that just a little bit and be, and just flesh that out as far as the, it is a benefit to slow down because we're like, hey man, I got I got my devotions, I got stuff to do, I I got to get out of here. Yeah. But you're saying, no, this is this is a good thing, and lean into that a little bit. 
So, you know, for I'd say for two purposes. One, uh, the purpose of knowledge and understanding, you know, the more time these things have to, to rattle around in your brain and in your heart, uh, the more opportunity there is for you to actually be changed by them. Um, so, and that's just a, a good understanding of how learning works in general. Um, but, but secondly, and I would argue more importantly, um, it's, it's not like one can be without the other, but that time of slowing down is, is what fosters a relationship with, with Christ. Um, I, all of us will, that's probably too strong, but I, I would probably say that the exceptions would be few. Um, all of us will struggle with making our walk with Christ a, just a knowledge matter. Uh, I know what the Bible says and I'm really good at following or doing what it says rather than this is leading me to know Jesus. This is leading me to know the the God who has created and saved me. So, yeah, I, um, I want to, if you guys can think back to when Ryan was explaining the Genesis two, um, example, the anecdote, I, I wanted, I want you to just be reminded maybe you could rewind this and, and listen to that again. But the, uh, investigation of the biblical languages, the slowing down led even to a change in affection in how he told the story. Um, And that's the point, right? That's the point that Ryan just made is when we slow down, it becomes not a matter of data knowledge, but a matter of heart knowledge whereby these things affect us. And that that can happen in the English text too, and it should. Yes. But the languages force you to do that. Um, and I, I tell my students all the time that, like, look, if 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 you get no other benefit um, from reading the, the, the original languages, then it just makes you slow down and ask better questions of the text. How is this clause related to this clause? Is that word part of this clause? Um now that is like nitty gritty details, and I know that some people who who might hear this are immediately turned off by that thought. But those are the kinds of things that force you to ask good questions of the text that lead to the stirring of your affections. And again, that can happen in the English text, and it ought to. But I would, from my experience, I would argue that the the biblical languages, both Hebrew and Greek, it studying those languages is what taught me to read the English in that way. Otherwise, I just burn through it and don't even think about, you know, logical relationships of of a, a therefore clause or something like that. You know, you guys have all, everybody's heard in English, when you see a therefore, ask yourself what it's there for. And that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but getting into the original languages, it's like that and infinitely more questions that can be asked and you just don't know how to ask those questions of the text what is it saying what does that mean how does this fit together what is this context the the original languages lead to all of that so i I just wanted to highlight um ryan's change in affection even in telling the story because again the original language did that and i I, i'll give a quick anecdote too mine's going to be from biblical greek first because i will not talk about greek the rest of this episode um but uh, when 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 i was in seminary i took a uh, a class on the exegesis of mark greek exegesis of the gospel of mark with brian vickers a wonderful class um 
and uh, one of our assignments was to read the entire Gospel of Mark in in Greek, and um, we were allowed to use a reader's edition, which was very helpful to me. I needed that at that point, um, and I, I can remember to this day um, reading Egerte um, uk esten hode, he is risen, he is not here. Um, at the end of Mark's gospel. And, and I can remember to this day reading that in Greek, and because I was because it was slow and because the context and because just there was a variety of scenarios that, that were at play, but I can remember to this day the swelling of affection in my heart when I read those words. He is risen, he is not here. And um so you know that that's anecdotal, right? I, I can't promise you that that's going to happen every time you open up your Greek New Testament or your Hebrew Bible, and very likely it's not <laughs> every time. But um, that's the goal, right? We we don't. I, I hope that I don't spend and you know labor all these hours in learning the languages just so that I can boast about the pomp of knowing a language, um, yeah. or I can get in a pulpit and tell everybody. Here's what the original Hebrew says. That's that. If if that's the goal, then I need to find better things to do with my life. But um, the goal is is this swelling of affections because, uh, as Piper and David Mathis have said before, um, we we dig for gold in Scripture. And if digging doesn't include the original languages, then I've got the wrong toolbox because. Um, I don't know where else you're going to dig or what else you're going to dig for if it's, if it's not, if the original languages are not part of that. So I will talk in terms as if these languages are necessary to even understand the Bible because I love the languages so much, but I also need to caveat that with they're, they're not like you can still dig for gold and not have the languages. But if you've been afforded that opportunity, then, um, that better be a tool in your toolbox. Yeah, I don't I don't know anybody that has taken biblical languages and I, and I'm not saying that they didn't hate the experience, but I don't know anybody that that feels like oh that was a waste of time or that didn't improve my knowledge or understanding or ability to at least recognize uh, careful study of scripture uh, at the very, very least. And usually it's much more than that. Can you guys um, speak a little bit to, to this with Ryan you, or Adam, you, you brought this up just in the, the idea of this, this pomp, this arrogance that, well, and I know Greek, I know Hebrew and you know, if so-and-so is an uneducated worm I will step upon them with my my exegetical uh biblical <laughs> language book and, and slap them across the face so to speak how, how do you how do you guys guard against that um because Adam you, you said it yourself you're like man if, if that's where I'm going then I need to find something better to do with my life because the end goal has to be something different than just I have knowledge but how do you guys kind of guard against that in your own heart and in your own life um, the, uh, can the sh- I go uh, ahead? Yep, go ahead. Sorry, I all I need to say is that the language itself should hopefully push you to that. Yeah. Um, the more that I learn about Hebrew, the more humbled I am that I don't know anything about Hebrew. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I get, uh, this is not an advertisement because I get so frustrated with it, but I get the academia.edu uh, emails and notifications, I guess. And I kid you not, at least six to 10 times a day, I'm getting new articles thrown at me about the Hebrew verbal system or word order in biblical Hebrew. And like, it is absolutely overwhelming to think about what I don't know. And so for me, that just forces me to a place of like, well, I guess I'll just hang on until I can learn something. (laughs) Um, Just get a little bit. And uh, I I realized that that all those comments might have just... ruined any credentials that I might have in the languages. But, oh. Uh, but, we gotta, Ryan, um, we got to save Adam's job again here. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Uh, but it's that th- that is true. I mean, the languages are hard. They're difficult. They're challenging. And we don't need to be ashamed of that. Um, but uh, uh, for me, at least, that, that keeps me, the language itself keeps me humble. And the tools I know and the things that I've learned and the things that I feel like I can confirm I will gladly use for the benefit of exegesis and, and knowledge and understanding of the Bible. But um, in the back of my mind, there's always this, man, there's so much more I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, that is absolutely true. Um, and I, I think and hope most fields of study are that way, because this certainly isn't limited to just biblical languages, even biblical knowledge in general. But I was going to say, I think... Um, the sheep have a really good shepherd, and um, I've, I've read enough of the scriptures to know that when arrogant fools uh, try to coerce or uh, aggrandize themselves to the sheep or use what they know to oppress the sheep, uh, that the shepherd doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if we trust and believe that he is a good shepherd... Um, Good grief. <laughs> uh, I'm signing my own death warrant, right? And, hmm. you know, if, if I'm arrogant and, like, because I school my young kids in a game of basketball, which I'm not any good, um, but I'm better than them, you know, <laughs> maybe I can fly under the radar of Jesus' shepherding in that situation. But if uh, if I'm trying to teach people how to interpret the scriptures and I'm, I'm holding that over them, goodness. Yeah. yeah, I would add that it is a battle, too. Like, it's not, I mean, there is a battle to fight this arrogance because, Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, just being frank, I mean, it, there is something kind of fun about walking into a museum and seeing a Hebrew inscription and saying what that is and acting like you know what that is and nobody else does. And um, and so it is a battle, you know, but you, we just have to, I mean, I just like Ryan said, I mean, I have to keep, preaching to myself and reminding myself that this is not, um, you know, this is a a gift that the Lord has given to us. This is uh, even just the opportunity to learn the biblical languages is a gift that the Lord has given to us. And so, um, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that, um, I'm all high and mighty, hum- uh, humility, humble, whatever the word would be in that sentence construction. Um, Humble, pious. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, it, it it's a battle. Um, but in in my better moments and with the Spirit's help, um, the more regular reminder for me is that there's more that 
there there are there's more content I don't know than I do know. And um so anyway. Yeah. Um you guys have have you guys watched The Chosen? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> actually I'm gonna go ahead and preface this with I loved it, so continue. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it stupid? No. No, No, actually really good. Yeah, it was it was excellent. I loved it. But there's one scene where they I I think it's with um Matthew and they come into the the market and it's like there's a Hebrew inscription and it says and it had like the English translation. Yeah. And Liz Liz goes, What does that say? And I was like, Marketplace or something like that. And she's like, like, How'd you get that so fast? And I was like, are you joking? There's just English description. The, the subtitles helped me out a lot. <laughs> That's funny. One of the uh, one of the scenes. She, um, she was really impressed, but then I had to I had to burst the bubble of I actually yeah. didn't know what it said. <laughs> yeah, one of the scenes when Nicodemus is studying, um, and when uh, Shmuel came up to him when he's studying, and he has a Hebrew parchment in front of him, it actually is upside down. <laughs> and um, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I had to. Uh, to go back and look at that. Yeah, because the the margin that was flush was the right hand margin. Uh, um, yeah, but it that's funny. That so when it was flipped upside down, it was the left margin that was flush. Interesting. But the Hebrew text was upside down. And um, I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, and uh, but that, that was one of those things that I pointed it out to Liz, and then I was like, I rewound it, and then I was like, Well, why did I even say that? You know, just did I just. <laughs> And I don't know. I mean, it was intriguing to me, and I'll yeah. throw out little comments like that. I'm like, huh, that was upside down. So I wasn't intentionally being like, you know, showing my wife how much I knew about Hebrew to know that was upside down, right? That wasn't my goal, but it, you know, it, again, you have to fight those things because I don't know my motives. I mean, I, I yeah. think I do, and I hope I do, but. Um, what would you guys say to <clears throat> the, the, the students, the people who are, are lay people? And they're intimidated by the original languages, like, like I was, uh, by Hebrew. And and then when I took it, I felt like a whipping boy, because I was. And um, was this when you took it in seminary? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I do know that. I know of that experience. I won't ask you to lean into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but people who who look at it and they go, that's that's for people who are are really smart, and it's just above me, and I'll just trust them. What would you say to those to those people and say, "Hey, no, this is for everybody." If it is for everybody, um, I would say that there's a world you know not of, <laughs> um, as it relates to the richness of the biblical text and um, and the affections that are a result of that. So, um, I, let me, I'll give you Hebrew just for an example because that's that's where my world lands most of the time. But um, Hebrew is a very rich language, very illustrative as far as uh, idioms and the way things are said. Um, that to me is enjoyable, and maybe that's a personality thing. But like, I also really like poetic music lyrics. Like, to, for a musician to be able to take words and artfully use them to create images is just fascinating to me. Uh, and Hebrew does that all the time all the time, um, to get married is to lift up a wife. Like, I, I don't know what that means, is, but that, but that's just an odd way to say it that's intriguing to me. And I don't think that has any exegetical value, so don't anybody take this and go now start picking up your wife or, you know, whatever, or <laughs> at your proposal you feel like you have to pick her up before it works. No, 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 no that's not the point. Um, that's what I did, but I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you're <laughs> pious. Um, Picked her up and carried her off. 
But the um, <laughs> just the richness of the language um, adds to that affection, similarly to how the richness of musical, lyrical artistry adds to the richness of music. Um, does that make sense? I, anybody listening to this is not is not watching Ryan and Caleb nod, but I'm, I'm needing some personal affirmation here. They're not nodding. Um, but there's, there's something about that that is, um, that is valuable. So what I would, what I would say to that person is don't look at the language as much as like an academic endeavor, but look at it as an opportunity to engage more richly with the text. Um, so let me just give you let me give you one example real quick. This is my favorite example. It's probably my favorite word in the Hebrew Bible, but it's uh, Deuteronomy six five. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and what do you what do you guys go with on that last one? Might strength. Yeah, yeah something fine. like that. Yeah, yeah. I so, usually paraphrase the whole lot of them and just say with everything. But <laughs> well, that that okay. So there's the which idea. Which isn't good. That's not good interpretation. But. <laughs> but that's 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 what we're getting at here. So it's. Um, and the last word is actually the Hebrew word very. Yes, so Ryan just clenched real, real big that uh, on the video. That that's it. That's that's it. Um, so the word is your verynesses. Yeah, it's your very, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul. And veriness. I like okay, translate that into English. Might. Okay, good. But might what? Like my biceps? No. <laughs> like that means that you're to you're to love the Lord with all your heart, but with everything very, very, very that is in your heart. You're to love the Lord with all your soul, but with the everything, with with all the gumption and chutzpah that you have in your soul. That's with which you are to love the Lord. You like that too, didn't you? Um, that's the that's the point of it, and that that's so much richer than just saying with all your might. Like, okay, that's cute. Uh, so, but with all your veriness, I don't know that that's a good one to me. Uh, but it's that kind of linguistic artistry that adds to the richness that swells the affections. Yeah, and that I mean that that brings up the point of there's some words that it's, it's going to be difficult to convey that in with an English phrase or word. And yeah. so sometimes just, just taking the time to have to wrestle with that. How do I convey this to the people I'm trying to explain this text to? Um, you know, you have an opportunity to, to do more with it than just say might or something like that. Yeah. And, and I would add to like, I can hear somebody now out there listening to this objecting, like, but the Holy spirit stirs the affections. Like, well, yeah, but the Holy Spirit also directed the word yeah. meodecha That's right. in Scripture. And so, yes, you're right. The Spirit stirs the affections, and the Spirit stirs the affections through the Word of God that the Spirit inspired. Uh, and, and those are the words that, that are inspired. So, um, I, again, I, I, will, I can't help but talk in terms that make it seem like the languages are necessary or else you can't be affected or learn the Bible. I'm not saying that, but it just, um, from personal experience, it, it adds so much. It, it really is. I mean, there, we are, we are blessed to have an absurd amount of, of English translations. If you're an 
native English speaker. We're blessed by that. Um, but but you've mentioned many times this idea that it, it puts another tool in your toolbox. And I think it puts a very beautiful tool in your toolbox, yeah. a tool that, that takes you from, you know, I took a hammer and nails and built a chair out of scrap wood to I've got 50 different tools that I can shape and craft this thing into a beautiful piece of art. Mm-hmm. Um, interpretation is is an art in some sense, right? That, that your spirit and soul are stirred and affected by these things. Um, and I mean, I think preaching, teaching comes from a heart that has been affected by the word of God. And, and so the more you can do to, to see yet another facet of what God is saying to us in his word, uh, how can that not help your teaching and preaching? Um, Caleb, your, your question was about, uh, the intimidation factor mm-hmm. and, uh, did I not answer that? You you did, and and what what <laughs> your answer was? I just realized I didn't answer it. No all. no no. Your but your answer is like look to the goal, right? I'm yeah. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm yeah, pursuing go. this because of you know what is the fruit of this labor, and that's that's massive. If you don't have your eyes set on something, it's going to be really difficult to even read the first chapter of a Hebrew grammar or any kind of introduction to Hebrew or Greek. Um, without that goal, <laughs> you'd be like, wow, that's a lot of things I've never seen before and just kind of close it and set it off to the side. But so um, I, I think you've got to start there. You've got to have a goal and a reason for it. But Yeah, I'll mention one more thing about motivation um, or intimidation. Uh, I read an article, and this has been helpful to my students, I think, um, an article that a guy was arguing that the most intimidating aspect of Hebrew is the alphabet, but that once you get past the alphabet, the language is actually very simple. Uh, and that's true. Uh, that is true. And, and I, I, I can only tell you that, and you'll have to just trust me from experience that that is true, <laughs> because I know when you open the book, it's very intimidating. But if you can devote yourself to the, the reason the alphabet is so intimidating is because it doesn't look anything like what we have right. seen before. Um, it's the same reason that Mandarin is intimidating, at least for yep. me. Um, but yep. it, it, because the alphabet just looks so chaotic um, but then also it's backwards in Hebrew. It's, it's right to left. And so even page orientation is completely opposite of what we know in, in, in Western languages. Um, and so once you get past that hurdle, though, the actual language of Hebrew is very simple. And interestingly enough, because it's not an inflected language like Greek and Latin, where you have accusatives and nominatives and morphology that tells you how the word is functioning because you don't have that in Hebrew it's actually very similar to English as far as word order and so um, word order being a priority not necessarily the word order is the same but right um, what I would say is if you're interested in picking up the lang- Hebrew at least uh, Greek is a bit easier I think but that's because it's similar in a lot of ways a beta looks like a B it's just a capital one well uh, yeah get over it uh, an alpha looks like an A, largely. You know, so, you know, again, these things are different. But for Hebrew, particularly, I would say, if if you're interested in picking it up, devote yourself to the alphabet and to just simply looking at the text for long periods of time so that you get comfortable with how, quote, foreign it looks. Yeah. And then once you get comfortable with that, the language itself is actually pretty simple. So, Yeah, that and most... Hebrew classes or text textbooks or anything like that that I've seen 
I mean, they start with the alphabet. You have to. Language mm -hmm. learning is like that, um, unless it's completely uh, oral. But um, I, it, it was amazing how within, you know, just a week or two of working on Hebrew specifically, and, and Greek was the same way, that I could pick up piece of paper or open up a Hebrew Bible and look at the words on a page, I have zero idea what it means whatsoever, but I recognize all the characters on it. And, you know, with the system I've learned, like there was, I was able to read it out loud, even though I had no idea what it meant. And, and just being able to do that was a massive confidence boost to keep going and be like, okay, like two weeks ago, this was absolute gibberish to me. Mm -hmm. And now you know, for the most part, most of these symbols on this page, actually, I understand that it has meaning. These are words and I can see them actually laid out on the page. So, yeah. And that's how we, that's how we naturally learn language too, right? I mean, we hear our parents speak for months or a year and then we start to babble the sounds. Then we start to realize, oh, that sound has meaning. Then we start to put that meaning to the sound into a sentence. And it's just, that's a normal way to build language um, by speaking it and reading it. So that's a, I, that's a good example, Ryan. I, I always try to get students into the text as soon as possible, even though they, again, they have no idea what they're reading, but to say it out loud, to listen to it audibly, um, all of those things can be helpful if you're intimidated and they can be kind of fun. That's been the most encouraging thing, <laughs> was the most encouraging thing for me in learning Hebrew and, and Greek was seeing my kids learn English. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where like, really? Where, where it was just like, oh, they're really slow at that too. Okay, all right, it's it's yes. okay. I, I can. So you should study the languages when you have young children. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. We'll Don't... do this together. Oh, so uh, William and Caitlin both know the Greek and and Hebrew alphabets. Um, Blast! They, I'm way behind on this. They they <laughs> they pick it up so much faster than me. Yes. Um, the only the only issue we're finding with William is that he writes his English letters backwards sometimes, and <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, fair. <laughs> I, I have confused you with three other languages. So How old is he? Five. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll be Nora, Nora, our youngest, is seven, and she still does that from time to time too, with a, a B or a D. So that's yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ad Adam does too. He just doesn't <laughs> want to say. Well, it. you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I guess. Um. Uh, one um, analogy that Dr. Plummer always uses with the languages and in, in being uh, this idea of arrogance and, and having it help us in, in our affections and, and life, even in preaching and stuff like that, is that it should be like a good pair of underwear. <laughs> like, and, and I love that, where it's like, yes. you don't go around. Can you explain talk. that? Cause <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it should support and you should feel comfortable uh, in them. But you, not everybody needs to know that you're that you have them on. <laughs> no um, one needs to see them. They need it, to do their function and their job, but nobody it, needs to see that. It, that's right. Um, okay, so uh, give um, both uh, both of you guys somebody that that said, "Hey, you know what? This sounds really cool. I kind of want to know more of the biblical languages, Hebrew or Greek." How how do I start? What do I do? Do I just go Amazon, uh, Hebrew, learn, and then order the book? Uh, how would you encourage somebody to kind of get started in in their pursuit of of the biblical languages? 
Um, I have some ideas. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it might be different because there are so many different way methods of learning. You know, some some methods are going to teach these languages as a living language. Um, so I don't know if step one might be. I don't know that you would even be able to figure out your learning style, but step one of like kind of thinking, how might I best learn this with my current situation? I'm still figuring out my, how I learn. Uh, yeah, I know that's, that's probably a stupid place to start, but like, um, I, I don't think I would just, uh, I don't think I would just jump on Amazon and click Greek textbook and then pick the first one that's recommended. Uh, that might not be the best way to do it. But, um, when I had that thought, the thought that came to my mind was um, Dr. Plummer's and uh, Ben Merkel's book, Greek for Life, where they actually have a chapter on resources. Um, that was then, the link going by again. Yeah, the link the, the link just went by. So if you're listening to this, just shout, yes, go. And um, no matter where you are, whatever coffee shop Alexa, you're in. Alexa, purchase text. As, as loud as you can. As loud as you can, yeah. Um, and see what the barista does. Um but uh, that book, that's a book that has resources on introductory grammars, intermediate grammars, and also a little short paragraph about what, uh, what would be, you know, what, what it's in it, what's in it, how, what is its method, that sort of thing. Um, Hebrew for Life has that as well. So if you're interested in Hebrew, that might be a place to look. Um, but, I, but I wouldn't just like jump on Amazon and find the very first one. I'd maybe do a little bit of research, see what these different grammars have to offer. Um, but a lot of that even discussion of what they have to offer may not make sense to you. So maybe it does just kind of result in, in grabbing a grammar and starting. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful at all. I want to do this. How do I start? I, I would, I just wouldn't be afraid to jump in to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To the extent that you can, you want to, you want to set yourself up for success yeah. as, as early and, and quickly as you possibly can. Um, and part of that does involve knowing yourself, not just learning style, but knowing what motivates you, what what is a distraction, um, and you know, you will get out of something usually what you're willing to put into it. And so, if you're like, "Hey, I really, really want to want to learn these things, but I'm not going to pack up my family and move across the country to go to a school somewhere," um, you know, maybe maybe trying to find a, a local Bible college seminary or something like that that does offer them online. Um, it, this yeah. might be a sort of an inroad to where you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this world existed and let me jump into this. But I, I think, you know, to some extent, the, the cost might, there might be some sticker shock initially. You're thinking, oh my goodness, this is how much a, a class costs and got to buy these books. But uh, if you're, if you're kind of putting yourself in a situation where you have to take a class, you've got deadlines and goals and things like that to work toward, you're going to probably take it more seriously and you'll just have, you know, a little bit more motivation to keep plugging away at it. And in those classes, then you've also got, you've got an end date that you're working towards. So, you know, like, you know, if I can just work hard at this for 16 weeks, if you're taking like an online Greek class or something like that, then you, you, set aside time, you put aside time and resources for it and you just kind of keep plugging away. And, uh, so, yeah, I would, um, I've got a couple of other things here for strategies that may be helpful for people wanting to jump in. One is like, if you're a pastor, 
Um, maybe talk to other local pastors that are at churches around you to see if they're yeah. even interested because That's doing good. this in groups will yeah. be far more enjoyable yeah. uh, than just doing it on your own. Um, I know of several groups, even of lay people, uh, particularly one in Sioux Falls, um, South Dakota. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That I, I do. <laughs> Caleb, my brain Caleb, we just, need you to <laughs> go, go check that out. Make my sure brain right. just stopped. Yeah, it's um, probably only like 30 hours away. <laughs> yeah. That they, um, you know, they get together every Saturday and have worked through several grammars as a group of just lay people mm-hmm. and, and they, they love it. Um, so, so that's one thing. Maybe look for others that you can do this with. Uh, the, sec- the other thing I would say is um, wh- what Ryan said, setting yourself up for success. Uh, I would encourage you to set time goals, not content goals. Mm. And so by that, I mean set aside 30 minutes a day uh, to work on this and get as far as you can. Um, one of the things that's dawning on me that I think is becoming more and more important in how I present the biblical languages to students is to play the long game. Um, yep. You're going to take this course for two semesters, maybe three, and uh, there is so much more to know and learn. It doesn't matter how fast we go or how much content we cover. There's so much more to learn. So just get that in your brain at the front end and know it's going to be a long game. If that's your mindset, then now, um, you know, 30 minutes a day doesn't feel intimidating on any given day. And you just know, okay, this is going to take a while. So, but set that reasonable goal so that you can meet that goal each day. And in thinking about those short goals, um, I'll plug another resource, uh, Daily Dose of Greek and Daily Dose of Hebrew, for those of you that may not be aware of those. Um, Two minutes a day, three minutes a day, little videos that go out uh, to your email or to the, uh, the app that um, just walk through a Greek text and a Hebrew text. And um, even if you're just starting, uh, that's a good way to be hearing the language and orally listening to it. Um, that was kind of redundant, wasn't it? Orally listening to it. Is orally a uh, adverb? Anyway, oh, no. this is what language guys do. We talk, and then we <laughs> analyze what I just said. <laughs> Stupid. Um so also on those websites, Daily Dose of Greek and Daily Dose of Hebrew, there are a series of learn videos that are freely available. So they just kind of walk through the nuts and bolts of learning the language. So um, anyway, little plug for those things. Uh, Ryan, um, when I finish up here, um, just what, just um, finish us up with some, some encouragement um, in Hebrew. I, I know when I was walking through uh, I shouldn't say walking, uh, stumbling through, uh, crawling through Hebrew. You, you were a, a big encouragement in saying I could write all the horrible, nasty things I was thinking down and, and get them out of my heart and soul. Um, uh, so uh, I just remember at 2 a.m. sitting at IHOP because it was the only 24-hour place around, sitting there writing, writing out my Hebrew and writing the, my thoughts down. Which they weren't very coherent. Um, how do I how do I curse the trees in Hebrew? Right? Exactly, exactly. Which Can I get a copy of those musings? <laughs> uh, they are gone. I um, I hope <laughs> <laughs> they are burned. Um, were they ri- were they written in the notes pages of your textbook that you sold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, purchaser of that textbook. <laughs> I said slightly used. Uh, you know, it was, it was used <laughs> and abused. Um, just give us some encouragement for those that, that say, hey, you know what, I, I do want to jump in, or I'm in it and it just it hurts a lot. Um, just give, give some uh, encouragement as we finish this up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> encouragement to, to persevere or, or yeah. potentially jump in. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of it would just be going back to a lot of things that we've said here that the goal of this is to draw closer to your God and it's worth it. Um, if, if you're in, if you're studying for ministry, if you're going to a seminary or something like that, most of those will have requirements for the biblical languages. So at the very least, it's it's a requirement for what you're doing. So persevere in that and and get the most out of it you can. But but the reason they have those requirements is because it's it's a vital tool, as we've mentioned many times here today. And so, um, honestly, like some of the the biggest encouragement that I found is that like just trying to go back regularly, just a few chapters or weeks from where that I was, and to realize how completely mind blowing and unattainable that information seemed just two weeks ago. And then, you know, I look back on it, I'm doing review on it, and I realize, hey, I actually understand that a little bit, like at least a little bit. I've, I've got a somewhat of a grasp of what's going on there. And so, um, you know, do those kinds of things. Talk to other people, as, as Adam mentioned, doing it in, in a community is extremely helpful. But, um, yeah, I, this is just, even if you walk away from, from language learning and have just a tiny amount of fruit to show for it. Like at the very least, you can say this was an opportunity where you were doing something that the Lord had given you to do. It caused you to draw closer to him, to depend on him for strength and to, and to, to set him as your goal and affection. Even if it is through a biblical language, just to say like, Lord, I'm doing this because I want to know you better. I want mm-hmm. to, to know your word just, just a little bit better. Um, Again, I don't know how you can't find fruit uh, from from seeking to know the Lord better. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That was. Uh, I'll finish with my my own uh, regret in Bible college. It was not taking seriously the the biblical languages uh, and pursuing them as as much as I could. Seeing it more as I'll get through Greek and I'll avoid Hebrew. Um, but I wish. I wish I had pursued them, um, and I'm by no means, I still stumble and struggle over language that I struggle with those, but um, I wish I had, had pursued them more uh, actively in my life. All right, any, any last uh, words from either of you guys as we, as we close? I've got about 80,000 words. Fair enough. No, I, I, let me. I'll throw in one last thing. Um, as far as biblical languages go, whether you're layperson or or training for ministry, it's doable and it's worth it. Yeah, it's doable and it's worth it. So, yeah. there you go. That's good. That's good. We'll uh, we'll throw in links for all the the resources that we we mentioned today. And I don't think we mentioned that Adam is the author of Hebrew for Life. So, one of and um, appreciate your your work on that. And then, um, are the dates set for the that conference, the daily dose of Greek and Hebrew? Yeah. Conference um, 
I think. <laughs> That's so far away. And uh, we're all wondering if life is even going to continue in a normal process. Uh, uh, yes, I'll January see if it's January 8th and 9th, um, the uh, yeah. Greek and Hebrew for Life Conference at uh, Southern Seminary. Uh, Rob Plummer, this is kind of his um, uh, part of his uh, mastermind to change the world with uh, biblical languages. That's literally how he talks about it. I'm gonna. Ch- my goal is to change the world. I love that guy. Um, so yeah, January 8th and 9th, we can get more information out on that, but, um, languages conference, if you're interested. Yep. Oh, so we'll put links up on all that. And then specifically, if you don't hit any of those links, you got to watch the video of Ryan enjoying some daddy beans. (laughs) I've got to go back and watch it now and make sure there's nothing incriminating (laughs) on there. Uh, but this has been, uh, uh, folks of righteousness and we, There is ultimate joy to be pursued in in this life. It's found in Jesus Christ, so pursue him. <laughs>